Yeah, uh, Wednesday, uh, our, our video engineer was not back there, and so I was trying to uh, do that with the crows here, and everything was kind of changed because of the way they, they had their own sound system and everything. And so Wednesday night, we recorded the video, but the audio did not come through. So I know many of you sat probably this week and watched me for 45 minutes with no sound. And just because that's, that's a joy to just watch, right? <laughs> Do I? Lip reading, is that it? <laughs> so fortunately, uh, Brother Keith always videos uh, also on his Facebook page. And so we took his uh, post and posted it on our site, but it didn't happen till Thursday. So uh, I say all that to say this. Um, we began a series Wednesday night that I think is a very, very important series uh, dealing with the, um, the Word of Faith movement and the, the health, wealth, and prosperity folks um, that are out there. It'll be about a three-week um, series. And so uh, if you did not uh, get a chance to be here Wednesday, I would encourage you, if you can, to go back and listen uh, to that first one, if you would. Um, give me just a moment here. I've got to get some fans running. Sorry about that. Technology's awesome, isn't it? So we'll just get one running because it's fairly cool here today. And um, so anyway, we're looking forward to uh, uh, two more weeks on that at least. There might be a third week uh, after. The, uh, yeah, might be three weeks yet, uh, depending on how we go through it. Uh, the material, but uh, it was a rather lengthy lesson, and then, of course, having the crows here, we let them sing a few songs, and it went <laughs> a little long, so if you were here Wednesday night, and you're like, boy, that was long-winded, it was not Brother Dan preaching. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Brother Dan, I, I, you just got back in town, I don't need to be picking on you, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I took a, a note from your your, your uh sermon the other a couple of weeks ago that I went till 8.30, so you'd be pretty proud of me on that one. So, <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I uh, would encourage you to do that and go back because uh, it does lay some groundwork uh, for the next couple of weeks. So um, if you need to know how to get to it, it's that, that particular sermon will only be on the church's Facebook page. So if you don't have access to that, let me know. And I will try to make uh, the video available in another format, but um, I'm not sure how we'll do that, but we'll find a way to figure that out, okay, if we need to. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to be in Genesis 47 this morning. If you want to go ahead and turn there, and while you're turning, we'll go ahead and uh, take some prayer requests. And uh, Brother Dan or Miss Carmen, do either one of y'all want to give an update on Caleb or where we're at on things? Okay. I see. Okay. Sarah's family, yeah. Okay. All right, so keep these folks in prayer. If you didn't hear last week, uh, Caleb uh, is the nephew of Miss Carmen and Brother Dan, and uh, they uh, were he was in a car accident uh, last Sunday morning, and his wife was killed in the car accident. Uh, Sarah, and then he's still in very critical condition. So uh, keep the family in prayer. Uh, 
they were probably, what, 22, 23 years old, somewhere in there. Are they older than that? 25, somewhere in there. So fairly young. And um, so certainly pray for the family. It's been a very difficult week. Uh, Brother Everett uh, went in the hospital. Many of you know that. We had the prayer chain going last night. Uh, he went in yesterday through the emergency room and has pneumonia. Uh, they have officially diagnosed him with Parkinson's now, and it's fairly advanced, and also uh, extremely advanced rheumatoid arthritis. So um, he, they did admit him. He'll be there for at least three or four more days, and if you'll just keep him in prayer, Brother Everett Scheffler. Um, also, uh, Miss Linda and Brother Richard's brother, Ron, and you all have an update on him. I heard Brother Richard say you all went down to see him yesterday or... Okay. Sure. Okay. All right. So continue to pray for him. Continue to pray for Brother Bob Schwabert, uh, who's under hospice care. Uh, June Bolin, uh, they're having to adjust her, her uh, schedule now. I think they're only going to put her on one time a month for chemo, it looks like, and try to give her a little more time in between the treatments to recover. So... Uh, continue to pray for her. She did get a treatment, even though her blood counts were low uh, this week, but um, do be in prayer for her as well. And then there's also a family situation there that some of you are familiar with, if you can keep in prayer uh, for the, the Bolin family. All right? Um, anything else? I'm probably missing some that I need to be remembering. Everybody else has everything they need? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. All right. So pray for these. Um, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. So pray for your daughter-in-law. And what's what was her name? Sam, okay, so pray for her. It's good to have Miss Joanne in the service this morning and back home where she belongs. So anyway, be praying for her as uh, she's uh, making some decisions and so pray that God will make that uh, very abundantly clear and uh, will provide. And uh, so keep that in prayer. But good to have her here for the day. And then happy Father's Day uh, to those of you. It's been an unusual week this week. Um, we've uh, we've had a lot of a uh, lot of difficult things. Brother Jim's mother-in-law, I failed to mention that, uh, went in on Wednesday uh, to the hospital. And uh, then you mentioned another one to me this morning, Brother Jim. And I've, I've yes, Miss Mary. And what was her her condition again? Just to pray for her. And so, uh, anyway, keep these in mind, if you would. A lot of things to be in prayer about. It's just been an unusual week. It really has. I've talked to several people, and um, it's been interesting. Um, People have said, boy, it's just been a burdensome week. And so, sometimes we have things like that. And certainly want to keep uh, praying one for another. And praying for God's grace. Uh, in times of trial, uh, 
I think it does us well, it does our hearts well to remember His grace. And um, it does have a tendency to draw us closer to Him, doesn't it? Uh, the psalmist talked about before his affliction, he had drawn away from the Lord. And that through the affliction, God had drawn his heart back to him. And so um, sometimes it, it does our hearts good to, uh, to have weeks where we are tried. Uh, our faith is put to the test. Our patience is increased. And uh, I think our faith is strengthened through a lot of that. And uh, so continue to pray for that. All right, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll be in Genesis chapter 47 this morning. Father, we're so thankful and grateful for the privilege to be here this morning. And Lord, uh, it has been a, uh, a very unusual week this week. A lot of heartache, a uh, lot of folks that are uh, needing a healing touch. Uh, some that have advanced stages of cancer. And uh, folks like Brother Everett that uh, are, are battling things that uh, we know that you can touch him and, and strengthen him. But, um, Father, we pray that you would give your grace to him and uh, help ease the pain. We think of Caleb and uh, the, the families involved. And, Lord, that you would guide and direct there, that you would bring comfort. And um, then, Father, for those that uh, have need of uh, some wisdom, I know some that uh, have family issues and problems that we need your grace to intervene. And we ask that um, through the, the, the issues that they're battling, that uh, you would guide and direct and that you would give a peaceable outcome for those that are making decisions, Lord, numbers of folks that I've talked to, uh, probably a good five or six even just this week, that are making some fairly major decisions in life, and they need your wisdom and guidance. And so, Father, we do pray that you would bless in those areas. And, uh, Lord, as we look to your word today, I pray that you would guide and direct us and help our hearts to be uh, yielded and submitted to you. I pray that your word will do its work in our lives and that we would see uh, areas that we can put into practice and begin to integrate into our lives. And Lord, our heart's desire is to be as much like you as we possibly can. We want to please you, not because we have to, but Lord, because we love you this morning. We don't want to do anything that would bring a reproach or harm to the cause of Christ. And so, Father, help us, strengthen us, and guide our steps we pray that you would direct us through your word today and give uh, understanding where it's needed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Genesis chapter number 47. We're just about to wrap up the life of Jacob. And, um, and Joseph will be uh, very close behind that. We've been a little over about almost a year and a half now in the book of Genesis and uh, I have enjoyed the study. It has certainly been a help to me, an encouragement to me, and have been praying about what we're going to do when we finish Genesis. And I believe uh, at this point we're going to go ahead and move into the book of Exodus and see if we can't uh, navigate through that one. And so be praying that God will uh, bless that time and that's that time of study together. Uh, Genesis chapter number 47. <clears throat> then Joseph came 
and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brethren and all that, have, all that they have are come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. And he took some of his brethren, even five men, and presented them unto Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto his brethren, What is your occupation? And they said unto Pharaoh, Thy servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. They said, Moreover unto Pharaoh, for to sojourn in the land are we come, for thy servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is sore in the land of Canaan. Now therefore we pray thee, let thy servants dwell in the land of Goshen. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee, and the best of the land make thy father and brother, brethren to dwell in the land of Goshen. Let them dwell. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. And Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are in a hundred and thirty years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been, and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before uh, Pharaoh. I want us to take a look here because in the first part of uh, chapter 47, and we find, I believe, a, a beautiful picture of God's grace. And again, the Old Testament oftentimes illustrates New Testament principles. And I want us to look at the grace that is shown to Jacob. Now understand we uh, have put the focus in the last several weeks on Joseph and his life, but we've not yet forgotten Jacob. Jacob has not passed off the scene yet. And Jacob has had an unusual life, hasn't he? Uh, to say the least. He's had his ups and his downs. There's been times that He's been the, the deceiver and the trickster and the conniver. And there have been times that he has been a prince with God. And by the way, the truth of the matter is there are a lot of us that are the same way, aren't we? Oftentimes there are times that we uh, allow the flesh nature to get a hold of us. And uh, we begin to, to backslide and get away from the Lord. And then other times it seems like God just draws our hearts into a, a, a close walk with Him. And uh, so we find here that, that Jacob and, and his sons come and they are presented by Joseph to Pharaoh. Now understand that Pharaoh is the, the power of the world at this time. The Egyptian empire at this point uh, had leverage over the entire world. They were the only ones prepared for the famine. And every nation, every country is looking to uh, Egypt. And Pharaoh being the, uh, the head of Egypt is the most powerful man, I, I think arguably so, uh, we could say that he is the most powerful man in the world at the time, and Joseph is second to him. And so Joseph brings his family, he brings five of his brethren, and comes before Pharaoh, and he tells them uh, that they are sojourning in the land of Egypt because they'd run out of uh, pasture and grazing for the cattle. And I want you to notice, as we get to verse number 6, we begin to see uh, a beautiful picture of, of grace that is so vividly illustrated. And while it's pictured, and while we certainly can see an illustration of grace, can I say this, that to try to picture or visualize or understand the grace that God gives to us is, is, a, is a, uh, an exercise in futility. We really will never fully grasp God's grace. But I'm thankful when God gives pictures of it and tries to illustrate some of it to us. Look with me, if you will, and we get to verse number 5. And Pharaoh spake unto Joseph, 
saying, Thy father and thy brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. Now, I want to just stop and say this, that Pharaoh is getting ready to do something for Jacob and for Jacob's brethren. But he is not doing it for the sake of Jacob and for the brethren of Joseph. The reason Pharaoh is doing this, this act of grace that we see is because of Joseph. Can I tell you this, that God's grace is not given to us because of our merit, but is given to us on the behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ because of what he did on Calvary. And Pharaoh comes and he tells Joseph, he says, I, I want you to, uh, to uh, uh, take thy brethren. And uh, he says, thy father and brethren are come unto thee. The land of Egypt is before thee. You know what Pharaoh was saying with that expression? Everything that's at my disposal is available. And notice he says this, In the best of the land, make thy father and brethren to dwell. Can I tell you, that's a wonderful picture of the grace of God. Can you imagine that God has given unto us all of his resources? It's all available to us. And he wants the very best. As I was reading this, I couldn't help but let my mind go to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. We go on and on and on illustrating the grace of God. And here's Pharaoh. And the thing that is so beautiful to me about this picture is he didn't do it for Jacob's sake, and he didn't do it for the brethren of Joseph's sake. He did it for Joseph's sake. And he gives and extends grace. And the grace that he extends is a vastness. It's no limit to it. As he says, all of Egypt is before you. I'm not going to hold anything back. You pick a place that you want your brethren, and there is no place in the nation of, Israel, of Egypt that I would not be willing to let your, your father and your brethren go. And there was a limitlessness to the grace that Pharaoh shows. It says here, not only the best of the land, but he says this as he goes down. He says, uh, Egypt is before thee, the best of the land. Make thy father and brethren to dwell in the land of Goshen. Let them dwell, and I love this. What a beautiful picture. And if thou knowest any men of activity among them, then make them rulers over my cattle. Boy, when God shed His grace upon us, He didn't just save us to sit and soak and sour, to breathe in the good air and blow out the bad air. But He allows us the privilege to serve with Him to help go into his fields and bring in the harvest. Well, what a wonderful picture. Can I tell you this? The labor that Pharaoh is mentioning here is not something that he is making um, 
an obligation. It's something that He is allowing as a privilege. It's part of His grace. Can I tell you this, that when it comes to serving God with our lives, it is not because it is of obligation. It is because of His grace. He allows us. You know, the Bible tells us that one of these days, during the time of the millennial reign, you and I are going to get to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, that's just because of His grace. We start reading these things, and so often we read it in a narrative form. We look at it as a, as a good story, and boy, it's interesting. But when we understand how it parallels the grace of God and how it vividly illustrates, and even though we have this wonderful picture in the Old Testament of, of how God's grace works, we still cannot fully describe it or understand it. I want you to notice not only the grace of Pharaoh, but as we go on down, I want you to notice the scars of Jacob. He goes on to say in verse number 7, And Jacob brought in jo- uh, uh, sorry, Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said unto Jacob, How old art thou? And I want you to note Jacob's answer. <laughs> Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are an hundred and thirty years Few, notice, and evil have the days of the years of my life been. Now, I think we would sit here and be in somewhat agreement that at this point in Jacob's life, God has certainly blessed his life, hasn't he? He's, he's rich in cattle. He's got uh, his sons. He's, he's reunited with Joseph. And uh, God has certainly had his hand of blessing on Jacob ever since uh, he had wrestled with God and God made him a prince with God, changed his name to Israel. I'm not saying Jacob was perfect, but certainly God's hand of blessing was upon Jacob. There was no doubt about it. And I'm thankful that when we get saved, our life changes, aren't you? I'm glad that there's something different that God does. And I'll tell you, there's a lot more blessings of God that we see after we're saved than we ever saw before we were saved. But can I tell you this, that while we are grateful after we get saved for the blessings of God, many times we still have to bear the scars of the things that we did prior to that time. And here's Jacob. And in all of the blessings and the grace of God that's been shown to him, the, the great can you imagine the joy of Jacob, his favorite son, the one that he loved more than all the others? He found him alive when he thought he was dead. My son that was dead is now alive. You wonder maybe that that might be the kind of joy that's in heaven when someone comes to trust Christ as Savior. That sheep that was lost is now found. My son that was dead now liveth. And Jacob has great joy, but as he speaks to Pharaoh, he says that my years are few And evil have the days of the years of my life been. And there's no doubt, I believe, as Jacob gets to the end of his life and he realizes his days are few left, that he reflects back and he sees all of the failures. I'm thankful God's grace is sufficient to bear us through that. But there is a recognition of the fact that we oftentimes bear the scars. And I want to say that as a challenge to those of you that are younger that it is important that we seek God's wisdom day by day 
that we do not have the scars in our old years. That we don't have to look back. If you have parents and you have influences in your life that keep you from things, that cause you to live in a certain way, and you, you don't always understand that, and you think, boy, uh, those are a lot of hard rules. I don't like the rules mom and dad are making. I don't like the rules that I have to follow. Can I tell you this? There will come a time where you will thank God for those rules. Because you'll see people that are your age that have an awful lot of scars. And you'll look back with gratitude and say, I'm thankful God kept me from those. Otherwise, you may be as Jacob looking back on life saying, these years have been few and evil have they been. He has some scars. There's two lessons that I believe he teaches us here. Not only the scars of sin, but I want you to notice this. He also teaches us the lesson of the brevity of life. Brevity of life. You say, Brother Greg, why is that? Because he says here that he's a hundred and what? Thirty? Uh, the days, uh, was it? The days are a hundred and thirty years. Any of you here a hundred and thirty years old? <laughs> Any of you feel like you're a hundred and thirty years old? <laughs> there you go. hundred and thirty years. And yet Jacob said this. My years have been what? Few. I tell you this, and, he, and, he, and I understand in the context as you read the next verse, you'll find that he's saying that statement in light of what his father and his grandfather had lived and that he had not lived nearly as long as they had. And I understand that, that idea. But can I tell you this, that no matter how old you grow to be before God takes you home, those years are few. If someone were to ask you how much time we have in life, Really, the most accurate answer we could give is not a whole lot. If you take and look at the time that God has had on this earth from the day of creation, and you take your lifespan and put it on that timeline, it's just a breath. It's just a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanisheth away. The brevity of life. Well, what do we do with that truth? If life is short, then I would say this. Number one, make sure you're ready to meet God. Make sure that you're saved. Don't, don't put it off another day. Don't say, I, I'll, I'll do it when I get older. Life is short. And secondly, if you are saved and there's the brevity of life, then I'll say this. If we're ever going to do something for God, we need to do it today. We need to do it today. Because life is short. Life is short. Not only do we see the grace of Pharaoh, we see the scars of Jacob. I want you to notice the provision of Joseph. So we go on down to verse number 10. And the Bible says, And Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from before Pharaoh. And Joseph placed his father and his brethren and gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. We're going to see the provision of Joseph. And the first thing that we find about the provision of Joseph is he gives his father and his brethren a possession. He gives them possession. He gives them a piece of land. He says, this is, this is what you have. And can I tell you this? When we look at the, the picture that this has and how that, that Joseph oftentimes is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you this, that the day that we came to the Lord Jesus Christ, Gave Him our hearts and we put our faith and trust in Him. He gave us a possession that cannot be taken away. Well, aren't you glad of that? 
I have a home that's not built by the hands of man. And it's a home that cannot be taken away from me. In fact, their songwriter wrote years ago a little chorus, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. We have a home in heaven. The Bible says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. Well, aren't you glad of that this morning? I'll tell you, that would make a Baptist shout right there. We get to spend an eternity with the God of heaven. We have a possession that God has given to us. Joseph brings his family in and at the command of Pharaoh. He gives a possession to his family. I want you to notice as he says in verse number 10 and 12, and I, aren't you glad that every word of Scripture is there on purpose? God, God's not trying to do like your high school English composition paper where he's trying to fill space just to get enough words in. Every word of Scripture is there for a reason. We get to verse number 12. It says, And Joseph, what? Nourished his father, his brother. And all his father's house with bread, according to their families. Can I tell you this? In keeping with the picture of the Old Testament, of a New Testament principle, you know where our nourishment comes from? The Lord Jesus Christ. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know that the Lord Jesus Christ nourishes us. He's the water, the river of water that we are planted beside, that's spoken about in Psalm 1. He's the one that nourishes our soul. And not only does He give us a possession, but He gives us the nourishment. He gives us His provision. The Bible says, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful truth to think about? Not only does He give provision, but I want you to notice the prosperity that comes. Look down, if you will. We're going to, well, we're going to read a pretty good ways, and we're going to end up down in verse number 27. Let's start in, uh, tell you what, for sake of time, uh, let's start in uh, verse number twenty. Let's start in verse number twenty-three. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Lo, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own seed, uh, be your own for seed of the field and for the food, and for them of your ho- of your households. And for your little ones, and they said, Thou hast saved our lives, let us find grace in thy sight, in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. And Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt unto this day, that Pharaoh should have the fifth part, except the land of the priest only, uh, which became not Pharaoh's. Now understand this, the land of Egypt was, uh, they had put uh, all this uh, grain in store for seven years, they have two years left to go in the famine, so they're five years into the famine. And the people in the land of, of Egypt began to run out of money to purchase the grain. They're starting to be in want. 
And they come to Joseph, the, the Egyptians do, and they say, uh, we are, we're going to perish. Our children are going to perish. And so Joseph says, okay, uh, we'll make a deal with you. We'll give you the grain. But we want you to give 20%. We want you to give one-fifth of everything that you have to Pharaoh. He began to buy up the land of Egypt. And the Bible says that by the end of the famine, Pharaoh owned all the land of Egypt because of jo Joseph's uh, stewardship over it. That's the condition of the Egyptians. I want you to notice now verse number 27. And Israel, who's Israel? Israel at this point in the context of Scripture is not a nation at this point. It's, it's a person. Who's Israel? Jacob, okay? So we know who we're talking about here. And Israel dwelt in the land of what? Where? In Egypt. This is the place where people are starving. This is the place where they've run out of money and they cannot buy grain. Look what it says. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had what? Possessions therein, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Can I tell you this? Only God can allow you to prosper in the middle of a famine. God's prosperity. We're going through a pretty difficult time with this whole COVID thing. Can I tell you this? God can make it to where we can prosper in it. I'm not talking about monetary wealth. But, boy, He can sure give grace, can't He? He can sure give joy. He can sure bring encouragement. You know something I have found through this COVID thing? I have found our people have more and more shown their compassion one to another. They've encouraged one another in it. Can I tell you that? That's something God has done in our hearts. He allows us to prosper in the middle of a famine. And can I tell you this, that if we look at it again from a picture, an illustration, can I tell you that this world is a pretty barren land and God's people have to live in it until the time that God takes them home or the time that the rapture happens? And God can make it where we can prosper in the land. I'm not saying that you're going to have big bank accounts. I'm not saying you're going to have a brand new car to drive or the biggest house on the street. I don't believe God ever promises that. But when it comes to our soul, our joy, our walk with Him, God can make us prosper in it. Oh, what a wonderful picture. I want to get into the next chapter but it's something that I am so excited to get into. I don't want to. I don't want to sell it short. So we're going to end Sunday school just about two minutes or three minutes early today, because I don't want to. I was talking uh, to somebody this week, and uh, some of this stuff is well, all of it. Yeah, we don't want to rush through it. We want to get it. All right. So bear with us. We're going to give you a few extra minutes to fellowship between Sunday school and church, uh, because I want to make sure next week as we get into chapter 48 that we do uh, justice to it, and uh, I'm excited about it already. And uh, don't you love God's Word? Boy, it's, it's good, isn't it? It's rich, and I love the fact that He so vividly illustrates for us, because sometimes we may read a principle of Scripture, and we don't quite grasp it, we don't quite get it. He uses so many ways to show us and make it evident to us. So we thank the Lord for it. I'm glad that uh, we have His Word, aren't you? And it uh, helps us so much. 
I'll tell you, we ought to, these things that we learn, these principles that we learn, it ought to help us in our lives. It really should. It ought to help us get through some of the trying times of life. And I'll tell you, we've had a lot of people in the last few weeks that have gone through a lot of trials. And uh, praise the Lord for His grace and His richness to us. Let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we're so thankful for Your Word. We pray that You'll bless and use it. And Lord, may we hunger and thirst for the truth of Your Word. I pray that You'd help us every time we come to its pages to have our hearts open, our minds and our, our thoughts prepared and ready to uh, allow You to, to guide us and to direct us in it. And so, Father, we ask that You'll bless the next service, that You will speak to our hearts and encourage us. May Your Holy Spirit uh, have the liberty to do as He would see fit in our hearts by leading us and directing us and bringing conviction encouraging us, and, Father, that we would be yielded to it and sensitive to it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, we'll be back in about 18 minutes, it looks like.